If you are just tuning in, welcome. This is Mango Masala, the South Asian show. My name's Gerns and I'm joined here by Simran. How are you doing? Hey guys, what's happening? I have to ask, how is it to be free of exams? Well, (laughs) I mean, I know you still got your dissertation left, but it must feel really good to have most of it out of the way now. I mean, because the diss is like one thing for like three months, whereas I think this last couple of months has been like 10 things every day, you know? Mm. It just, when I tell you, like, I actually physically feel like lighter. I feel relieved. Yeah, I can imagine it. Like, so what day was your last exam? Wednesday. Wednesday, okay. So you've had a few days of... Yeah, but I think I came, I came home now last minute and being home has just made me feel like, because I haven't been home for two months. So I feel like now I'm home in a different environment. It really feels like done. I'm like, mm. wow. Was the last time you were home when you were moaning about your back pains? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lying in that bed. <laughs> uh, Luckily, what? no back pains at the moment. But yeah, feels amazing. How are you? I'm all right, yeah, like, it's been nice. Like, I worked on Thursday, but it's been nice to still have, like, I had yesterday off, and obviously it's, like, a bit of a long weekend. Um, the reasons for which we'll get on to later, but um, I think regardless of all that, it's been nice to have a bit of a break, definitely. Yeah, I thought uh, this whole time, literally until, like, an hour ago, I thought Monday was a bank holiday, but it's not. That five-day five, five day bank holiday we can only dream yeah, I'll of. Yeah, the UK would have been really <laughs> nice that but unfortunately we don't live in a country so nice well i don't know do we know anywhere that does five day bank holidays no no but okay this feels really bad you know what? i'm not gonna say it i can't yeah. say yeah simran you've been cancelled too many times you can't risk it again <gasps> i'm not i'm on cancel no, that's not true <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway getting back to the serious stuff well the most serious stuff we'll start off with that today obviously just played sitting Musiala's last track ever um the last ride which you picked any particular reason or is it just because it's his last one or it's the weird foreshadowing mm. kind of situation i just picked it because it's the one that everyone's listening to right now and i think it's the strangest thing with the, the like the um was it the Tupac's coffin he uses the album or the cover up? Yeah, this? like proper references to that. And I think the last ride, because obviously Tupac died in a car accident. Well, not yeah. an accident, car drive by. Uh-huh. And obviously that's exactly what has now happened. Like, for those who are listening to you, I don't know how you wouldn't know. But sadly, um, Sidhu passed away on Sunday. Um, he was in Punjab and he was shot multiple times in a drive by shooting and sadly died at the scene i believe um and yeah it's been i think the past week has been really hard for like a lot of south asian music fans just because he he, for for the past five years i'd say he's like proper represented like the music the punjabi music scene as well like he's such like a pioneer in what he does and everything or what he did now i think the biggest thing like as someone who isn't so engaged with the Punjabi music scene I still had so much appreciation for him and his art and you could in terms of impact I think is what we need to look at here and how much he you know he fused together this like with the western side of music with his tracks of like Mist and Steph London and then like he apparently he had uh, music in the works of Drake, Burner Boy, he had so many like mm. these like fusion um, tracks come together and in terms of impact what he's done for 
like the Punjabi and the wider Indian and South Asian community is next to no one. Do you know what I mean? Coming yeah. to Wild, performing at shows. The fact that like that uh, 47 song yeah. with Miss Stefan Dunn came on in clubs and everyone, no matter what ethnicity they belonged to, was rapping that song. We've been the Punjabi bar. So like they knew the song. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you could like look around a club and it'd be like, this is monumental. This is this is impact, you know? I think he went to top five as well. Yeah, it was number five, I think. Yeah. And they were just there were just moments when he realized like this is what it's about. Mm. And he's and only he was only twenty eight as well, wasn't he? So pretty yeah. mad that he's to achieved all of that in your twenties. Exactly. Like. And it's like what he did was incredible. So the fact that his his passing it came as such a shock to me. I literally couldn't believe it. Mm. Yeah, no, I think I the first time I saw I think I saw I think it was DJ Limelight from Asian Network posted on Instagram and like you know how like I think we're all quite guilty of kind of scrolling past things on Instagram I remember scrolling past and seeing that it was a bit of like an obituary and I was like oh that's sad and then I was like did like a double take I was like what yeah. like yeah and no, I genuinely thought it was fake when I first saw it I mm. someone sent it to me and it wasn't from like a very established account and I was like that's just mm. not real I came back like 20 minutes later and then like bigger accounts had started posting it and more people it was, set, it, it was being sent on like WhatsApp and stuff and I was like Oh wow! Yeah. I mean, not to ever take WhatsApp as like a valid. <laughs> no, 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 that's, that's not what I'm saying. But like the fact that multiple people were coming, yeah. up, like sending different sources, I was like, oh, this must be legit. And then I like literally did a quick Twitter search, and it was everywhere. Yeah, I think the circumstances surrounding his death as well particularly sad when you think about. So he normally people because also he was part of congress right or he was involved in politics in some kind of way and i think normally they would have like convoys of security going around but it was literally the day before he was part of like a number of high um what's it called high status people who had their security massively drawn down i think I, I can't remember exactly why i think i read somewhere about them trying to stop vip culture i don't really understand the logic behind that because obviously if you are a vip or a celebrity surely that makes sense why you would need security and like here obviously look what happened literally the day the day after this security has been dropped he's killed in a drive-by shooting like one of the the biggest he's he's, he's global he's not he's not like just yeah. punjab or canada or anyway like he's literally like one of the biggest names so yeah it's just really sad it's either like some kind of conspiracy coincidence that's not a coincidence kind of thing allegedly you never know like it's one of those things that a lot of people are saying that there's something more to it but the fact that you know okay i understand what they're trying to say by like re restricting vip culture but security is something that you need uh, as someone yeah. who is high status and you can't deny someone the being high status and they need the basic things okay fine maybe don't give them like really special treatment and riders and their own rooms and whatever whatever that if you're going to give that to them and not other people fair mm -hmm. but security is something that in this case obviously is life-saving yeah i would have been definitely i mean yeah i think the state police of where he was murdered have said that they are um, apparently a canadian gang has claimed um like that they were responsible for the shooting but i think a lot of people including um, Sidhu's parents are rejecting that and saying that no this is 
that they, like it's not that simple. Like, I, I I don't know. We'll we'll I I don't know whether we'll ever know exactly. There's a lot what's of speculation. There's a lot of speculation right now, and no one's going to come to a conclusion yeah. anytime soon. I don't think. And there's a lot of people saying a lot of things, and a lot of people are believing a lot of things. And at the moment, I don't have an opinion because. I don't know what to believe and I'm not well informed enough on the situation. Yeah. But you know, allegedly a lot of people are saying there's a whole bunch of different sources that could be responsible yeah. for this. But either way, what we do know is that had the security not been withdrawn, the situation may have played out very differently. Mm. But going back to what you were saying at the beginning as well, it is just so weird that he dropped that song with massive references to um, Tupac and his death and also the idea of dying when you're young. That was literally mm -hmm. his last track. And then a few weeks later, he suffers that fate. Like, it is, it, it, it's a very... It, 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 I, I don't know whether it is a coincidence or not, but if it is a coincidence, it's very, very, like, random that that has happened. Like, yeah yeah very like it was very hard to like take in like it was quite like as someone who i couldn't necessarily like say that i really really kept up to what he did and like listened to his music loads and whatever but it did still come to a master and it's it shocked me how much it how much it shocked me do you know what i mean yeah like it's crazy in the sense of like he was so young he had so much ahead of him and like i can say i can sit here and tell you his impact i can sit here and tell you what he's done for our community and how he's globalized and put um punjabi music and punjabi culture on a na on an international platform do you know what i mean i can say all that without having listened to every single song that he's produced however the fact that his untimely passing has now occurred i think it's one of those things where it's like the, the coincidental aspect of this is either too coincidental or Off you know the it's scale, literally. crazy but like yeah the whole references to like tupac and everything and the cover art the cover art was the one that really was like i was mm. like oh god yeah well like we said before r.i.p to do and um hopefully uh, do you reckon he's gonna become a bit like um what are all these i've forgotten his name now um but dudes that I still see my shadows in your my dreams. Juice, Juice World, yeah. You reckon he's gonna be like Juice World now, where so much music has now been released after he dies, he, sort of thing. What I as okay, so as a massive, massive Mac Miller fan, mm. I'm grateful for the estate for releasing those albums, and I'm grateful for that having occurred. However, there is a certain part where you do have to respect the privacy of the family and the artist. And, you know, obviously it's their wishes. And they, I, I think that's the way estates work is that they release it if they want to. Mm. Right? I, I'm not I'm not particularly sure. I, it, it is, as far as I know, I think that's yeah. kind of how it works. But, um, yeah, there is a certain aspect of, like, should you be listening? Like, should this be released into the public eye but you know at the same time as someone who's a massive fan of someone who has passed away i i as a fan I, i'm grateful for getting new yeah. music from them even though you know i don't know like there is there's i don't know it's something feels a bit unethical about it i think it's because you know at its core people are still making money from this that's that's the people are still making money of this person that's died and they can't benefit from that mm -hmm. or maybe they're a state can but they can't benefit from that but there are people that will want to release that music purely because they know that they've got a stake in it and want 
stuff yeah, back from it. That's the, in, that's, the, that's the industry problem, though. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what I mean. I think, like, yeah. I don't think it's, there's anything particularly wrong with, like, fans listening to the music. I think it's the reasons for which it's ending oh, up yeah, getting released. Like, if, it's been, if it's been released, you're not doing anything wrong as a fan for listening to it. Yeah. I'm saying something feels a little immoral about it. From yeah. a, from a wider perspective, not from a fan perspective, from a, like a from just the people that are in charge of releasing it, and I'm not talking about the family, like the people that are heads of labels and stuff like that. Mm. But um, I do think, in a way, I think I've I've seen the word like martyr being thrown around a lot in the last week, and I think it is gonna he's gonna like memorialize himself as someone who stood up for like the rights of Punjabi Sikhs, which is something that I can obviously always get behind, and. You know, he had his agenda and he's, he was very proud and he pro- proclaimed it very loudly. And that was probably one of the things that led to. Yeah, I mean, obviously we don't we don't know, but like a lot of people will be looking at that and thinking he's someone who's a Punjabi Sikh who stood up yeah, for when it. Yeah, the whole discography is very politically like backed and it's yeah. all like quite quite fiery with stuff that's to do with politics. And in, in somewhere like India where, you know, the divides between different races are very like, also what i'm looking for like the lines are solid you know what i mean yeah very so I um, like, oh yeah i forgot it's, it's black and white sort of thing but yeah that's a better word i can't so, remember it and as like a punjabi i get i feel the pain that he felt i feel that anger so i just feel like yeah he'll go down in history and it's just the untimeliness of it maybe it's maybe it's one of those things where like because it was so shocking it will cause even more of an impact whereas if his legacy if he carried on for 10 20 more years and then you know he fizzled out or something yeah i mean we'll never know but we'll never know but speaking of um deaths in the south asian community um gonna play a song now which is by another person who sadly passed away um kk who's um a famous playback singer for a number of hindi language movies um including mehuna um kalhona and this track this track in which this film is taken from um sorry the film which this track is taken from om shanti om um yeah, he's massively renowned and it's just really sad he was only 50 something um, played a show like hours before and then sadly passed away of cardiac arrest in his hotel room i believe yeah just really really sad week for the south asian communities and um, but yeah we're gonna play what is now probably i think it's probably his most liked song it's um, from om chanti om it's a very like slow romantic one which it is really nice to listen to as well um Sorry, I'm playing stuff on my computer, so I'm having to lean over now. But yeah, this is Uncle Me Teria Jab Seat by KK. Obviously, it's the um, Platinum Jubilee weekend, or as it's. That you do. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know whether I like this or not. <laughs> like, I, you know, love I literally love it. <laughs> I can't get on board with Platinum Jubes. I'm sorry. <laughs> we were out on Thursday, and I was a bit drunk, and basically. Okay, so it turns out I didn't know what a jubilee was until this week, even mm. though I've celebrated jubilees in the past. Okay, celebrate is a strong word, but I've yeah. been there for jubilee parties in the past, even though I was like 10 years old, so I didn't really know but anything. But surely you can't have been, because jubilee, there's only been, the last jubilee there was... There was a 10 years ago one. Oh, so it wasn't that would have been, yeah, it was the 60 past, years, yeah, okay. And we had like, I don't know, like cake and stuff, like it wasn't like crazy. Yeah, because as uh, I say, the last big one was 2002, so like... Oh no, definitely, I don't know what I was doing then. Yeah. Um, nothing. And then, um, wait, what was it? Um, oh, and then there was a video, I put it on, and um, it was um, me, 
and there was a thing of a queen, the queen, as I said, Victoria, it's not Victoria. <laughs> no wonder you <laughs> failed your citizenship test. And I would be happy birthday. <laughs> I thought it was a birthday. Why have I not seen this? Where is this? I just sent it to my friend. <sighs> I'll put I, it, I, okay, fine. I'll put it on my Instagram story yeah, next time. please. I want to see that. <laughs> No, so, I'd rather not every single person on my Instagram see me sing happy birthday to the Queen when it's not even her birthday. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, she has two birthdays, doesn't she already? She doesn't need another one. Yeah, she doesn't need a third one. And then someone oh. replied saying, I'm not on the platy-tubes. Uh, <laughs> and it took me so long to realise what platy-tubes meant as well. Uh, I mean, it is, like, regardless of your stance on the monarchy, etc., I was thinking about this earlier, and it is really weird to think that we will never experience this again within our lifetime sort of the idea of it the even if you're even if you're like they're literally just people whatever the fact that she's been quote-unquote queen for 70 years it's kind of mad because obviously even if even if she was to die tomorrow obviously touch wood or whatever that doesn't happen um charles isn't gonna live another 70 years and then will the monarchy even be around like by the time that william takes over you know what i mean like that, that is crazy yeah and also william can't william's not gonna live another 70 years probably no he's like 30 40. yeah like, he's like yeah 40. so unless unless what's his name george um becomes king like when he's like really young because that's the thing that's the whole reason why she's made it this song is because she became queen when she was 25. so yeah which i suppose it's a mad thing to think about but what we are here i don't want to get too sentimental about it because we are here (laughs) to talk about why um whilst it might have been a daunting prospect for the queen to become queen at the age of 25 why it's not necessarily something to celebrate um which yeah there's no happiness on this on this radio yeah, station no today. happiness uh, helena's gonna get be on a flight back straight away if she is any sort of like okay my stance is a little bit different okay i'm gonna be straight up i wanted to have her flowers a little bit i'm not here for the i'm not i don't agree with the monarchy i don't i'm, I'm a jumpy man like <laughs> i have my stance i agree with everything you guys say but it's the bloody tubes man you know sometimes i get in my english bag and i like and i like fish and chips and i like going to the pub and i like a bank holiday you can like all of those things whilst not necessarily appeasing to the idea of monarchy and what it represents which is what we're gonna get on to now right i don't have a choice we have. <laughs> yeah no simran you're gonna get indoctrinated right anyone yeah. listening you're not getting indoctrinated you have your own like you have your right to believe what you want to believe yeah um, yeah simran you're getting indoctrinated right so I don't know if you saw, I uh, posted it on my Instagram story, and this is what made me proper think about it. It was um, a news story which um, followed this woman who's um, from Kenya. Um, she's must be like 90-something now, probably a similar age to the Queen. And she is basically, this news story is sort of going semi-viral because she's speaking about how basically she was around when um, the Kenyan people were fighting for independence um, in the 1950s I believe and obviously Kenya was colonised by the British um, and 
her husband, her then husband, was part of the independence movement, and him, the British troops there were looking for him. He fled into the forest or something, and British troops literally tortured her to try and get her to give information on her husband's whereabouts. She didn't give in, but they proper like mutilated her. Like she still got like the injuries and stuff, and she didn't give in and eventually she was um taken to essentially what are like detention camps like really inhumane conditions where you either if you if you survived you were forced to bury like thousands of people that either were killed or died and bearing in mind this is in the 1950s right and that's what the whole point is this was happening just after the queen became the queen in like 1952 um and basically this um kenyan woman is she wants her compensation she said i want it directly from queen queen elizabeth like no middleman like give it to me Um, apparently people who did suffer at the hands of this were paid out a few years ago however because this woman didn't have a lawyer you're not she wasn't able to take advantage of that but i think the thing for me with that was we can definitely talk a lot about how um, the impact of um, centuries of colonialism is obviously not just going to go away. And it, it, even if like places aren't quote unquote colonized yeah. now, it's still going to affect them. But this is something where this was actually happening whilst she was um, leader. Of, I mean, she's still leader of the Commonwealth, but while she was leader of the Commonwealth in all of these colonized countries, right? And she, this woman, and as one of many that has suffered the atrocities of colonialism, whilst the head of the Commonwealth was Queen Elizabeth, which really makes you think like when people say oh like all of that is in the past what it's not like there are still people around today, even if you're going to ignore the argument that um this sort of thing is has like generational trauma and things last for ages after they happen sort of thing there are people around who have literally suffered at the hands of it so i think when you think about that it is mad that we're celebrating because because the thing is obviously she's been queen for 70 years but what are we actually celebrating in that do you know what i mean we're celebrating her being I mean, yes, I think there's there's those different elements to it. I mean, even if you're not going to look from the colonial aspect, if you're looking to look completely at the UK, we're in a cost of living crisis, and yeah, we're having these massive parades where the um, person who is paid to simply be a person is going round in some golden carriage and stuff. When it's like, well, if we, how much that golden carriage is, how many families could that feed for how long? You know what I mean? It's just a bit, yeah. Yeah, I think if you put it like into perspective like it's very easy without putting into perspective to do what i just said which by the way was a joke like it was just like light light-hearted me just kind of joking but it's yeah, yeah. like, easy to sit here with like scones and tea and cocktails and bank holiday woo, and like street parties whatever like it's very easy to like put on the tv watch the ceremonies and be like oh my god 70 years what an achievement but when you think about like contextually the state of this country not only like with the things that you said about our colonial past but just today with like inflation the cost of living crisis the amount of like hate crimes and racism that's so rife in this country everything the institutional racism like the amount of stories you've spoken about on this show about you know 
children in schools people walking on the street women walking on the street like everything goes back and then you have and then it's very hard to be proud of a country like this especially as a person of color it's very hard to feel a sense of national pride when like you look at something as simple as a football game and people are getting hurled racial abuse mm. because of a missed penalty do you know what i mean yeah. it's very difficult to overlook that and then turn on the tv look at bbc one and be like oh my god 70 years that's amazing i can't wait to go outside and like eat a scone you know yeah i think the thing as well is like going back to like the sort of like global aspect of it as well um again i saw like another tweet the other day which really made you think about you know how we talk about like developed and developing countries mm-hmm. um i think to a certain extent obviously i've always known that colonialism has played like a massive part in it but i all i don't think i've ever properly thought about the fact that developing countries aren't just developing because of where they're situated in the world with regards to like yeah. um natural disasters and stuff yeah. like that they are where they are a lot because and like we are where we are isn't just because we're lucky in terms of where we are in terms of longitude latitude sort of thing it's because we've got centuries worth of pillaging 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 yeah i think pillaging um other countries of their resources to build us up to where we are now and obviously even if we're not strictly doing that now anymore the um generational wealth is going to pass down and we're obviously where we are today and these countries aren't when if we if everyone kept what they have in their own countries um a lot of countries in africa for example would be ridiculously wealthy because like we basically stole all the resources or india for example like they literally stole all the cotton from there and just, yeah i think it's like 45 trillion pounds like we owe to india yeah. It's like she can sit there with the crown jewels on her head, but wherever it's come from, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's very people that aren't affected by it are very quick to try and like encourage the erasure of our colonial past. And they're very quick to say the past is the past that's happened. We're not like that anymore. But what they don't realize is that the effects of colonialism still live on and are still so incredibly rife and they translate into other things like racism and bigotry Mm -hmm. and like classism in this country and how, you know, colored people are disadvantaged and you have different areas where colored people are like not segregated, but like all are situated and they're living poverty still in this country. Yeah. And then people like the story that you said, and I'm sure that woman from Kenya is not alone. I'm sure there's thousands just like yeah. all from different countries, not just Kenya, all over um, Asia, Africa, mm-hmm. and other countries across the world that have the same hangups, that have the same problems, that demand reparations and are deserving of reparations. And I think people are quick to say it's in the past, when, when one, it wasn't that long ago, and number two, if it doesn't affect you, it's very easy to say that. It's very easy to just brush it off like it's nothing. But yeah. we're talking about generations of trauma and generations of people that are traumatized and are still alive today. Yeah, This isn't like a few centuries ago. Yeah, literally within the past century. And yeah. I think when you think about, for example, all these like mass charity events, which obviously i'm not gonna like throw names out there but like i feel like a lot of people maybe participate in these things to maybe make themselves feel good about themselves like oh i'm doing my bit but then in reality if you think about it have you ever thought like okay but 
why are we having to do this is it because these countries are situated in places where they are naturally more susceptible to these um, disasters and etc which might be true but is there a bit more deep would they maybe be in a bit of a bad position if our great great ancestors hadn't like robbed them of all their all their worth and then left them in a mess when they were forced to end colonialism and that's the thing as well like so many um instances of colonized countries that that um only ended either because it wasn't affordable for the british anymore or because of an uprising so like i think if i think for example you could even argue maybe if world war ii hadn't happened like would we be where we are to like would we have like i think currently there's like 15 countries in the commonwealth would you still have like all all of those countries like being colonized the way they are like we'll never know but yeah this it's basically obviously we all love a bank holiday right i'm not complaining in terms of that i i, I agree in terms of if we can get this every year i'm not going to say no however in terms of the celebrating like just have a think about like what are you actually celebrating and i think it's especially interesting to see that the people that turned out to celebrate the queen and um her jubilee went to buckingham palace like all those people waving their flags then booed boris johnson like which was um in my opinion an incredibly funny clip to watch however and i like obviously in my opinion deserved however um what is it like do you how, what like, what is it that stands out because because you know that boris was like we now know it's not allegedly we know that he was having parties and stuff whilst everyone else he was telling everyone to lock down and finding them but then obviously the queen has like she suffered a bit of a blow given that they were partying allegedly on the into the morning of prince philip's funeral but is she really that much better when you think about what the royal family stand for and how there's so much wealth there which could be utilized to make it a little bit more of an even playing field for everyone in the uk and instead we just celebrate it you know what i mean yeah i just think there's another thing that like i said in our lifetimes will we ever see a platinum jubilee again no will it probably ever happen again maybe not either it's one of those things where like will we ever see the conversation happen where those funds can be redirected to the people in this country that need it no no i don't think it would ever happen and also one thing i want to say was like i didn't i haven't really watched anything that's happened um but we did have the ceremony on i want to say yesterday morning we were watching something in the um in the abbey and um i want to say there's this weird like tokenism of using like colored people particularly children for like the choir and like to make speeches and to re read sermons and stuff like that i think it's a very weird tokenism they're trying to put forward of like look mm. at us we're like multicultural and ethnically diverse and you know we have people here that want to read for the platinum jubilee like kind of like i don't know it was giving me yeah. a bit of honestly like i literally saw the exact same thing like i haven't watched any of this stuff over the past couple of days but i, I think it was some kind of breakfast tv show was on the tv like in the in past week and they're obviously talking about the jubilee and they were just in 
it was some kind of seaside town i can't remember but not somewhere where you'd necessarily think there's that many people of color and then it was like a brass band playing and then it panned out and then you just had this like um family who happened to be black waving their um union jack flags and i was just a bit like hmm <laughs> The same vibes that manifesto they put out, like concluding that the UK is not institutionally racist because it came from like what was it nine nine people that were coloured? Yeah. On a stupid like stupidly low number of people. Just because they had those people voicing it and like authenticating the fact that okay, the UK is not institutionally racist. Just because they said it doesn't mean that's the be all and end all truth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's nowhere near the truth. <laughs> you know what that's reminding me of? No, but you know what that's reminding me of? He said nowhere near the truth. Have you seen what? that um, meme of like AJ and Curtis Pritchard? Um, when oh, they're on Hollywood, so it's yeah. like, couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> well, yeah. I just think it's weird, like shoving like coloured faces into a camera to be like, look, they, they're endorsing it. We're all happy here. Yeah. I feel like it's sad as well because you wonder the people that are being shifted in the camera do they not maybe feel like maybe I like shouldn't be doing it or maybe I should like think like am I, am I being used here you know what I mean like mm, there's always a bigger agenda yeah so the way that the rest of the show is gonna play out is in honor of you know being platy tubes and all that um we are going to play a load of new music for you guys in the second hour coming up shortly um but before then just thought to round off this hour or probably going a bit into the second hour um going to have a bit of a runoff in terms of pop culture moments because there's been a lot of them um recently um simba and so i'm sure you will have heard of these and if not i want to get your opinion on them regardless yeah my disclaimer is that i have kind of been living under a rock for the last five weeks well then this should be good then because i'm very <laughs> interested to hear your opinion on this um first of all liam payne have you seen it no right <laughs> great right so basically um liam payne went on logan ball's podcast Mm-hmm. Um, Liam Payne, if you That's don't, so random. Yeah, um, which says a lot in itself. Um, but Liam Payne, if you don't know, is a member of One Direction. He went on this podcast, right? Um, and he's basically being ridiculed now across social media okay. because he um, just said so many things, <laughs> like so many things that you're just like, why? So um, I have a short list. Let me just get it up. But basically without anyone prompting him he claimed that um simon cowell formed one direction around him he said he picked his he picked his face out and then picked them all around him which to be fair i'm i'm not ashamed to say this but like obviously i used to watch x factor and like that sort of thing and i do remember liam was very much the lead singer like it, it, that was very obvious and um, so i don't have any problem believing that but it's also like no, why would you say that now like over 10 years since you formed you're now saying oh yeah one direction was formed over me like it's a bit yeah, like, like that's, not, that's not so much of a flex like just being part of one direction was enough like you didn't have to yeah exactly and also it's like okay maybe one direction was formed around you but then if we look at things now 
like if you yeah. look at like Harry Styles for example absolutely killing it like if anything yeah, he's like and Harry. yeah he's they're, they're like probably a bit more there which takes it on to the next point he they claimed that um do you remember him strip it down his first song yeah like, with Quavo yeah yeah he claimed that um that outsold the rest of the band in terms of streams which i don't I mean, understand why you do that because he very clearly didn't go on such a big podcast and lie about things that are so easily verifiable i know i don't understand but he, he said that and then what else did you he claimed that um there was one instance where um, there was a fight backstage and a particular member of One Direction, which he didn't name, pushed him up against a wall. And he apparently said to the member, um, if you don't put your hands off me, there's a very high chance you won't use them again. Which is very much like, okay, Mr. Big Shot, like, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's funny because people are kind of compiling that with like clips of him in very much like, not, he's not like a hard guy at all. Like, uh, and then the final thing, which I think is the thing that actually not angered me, but did annoy me, was unprovoked. He said so basically they were talking do you remember when zane got into an argument with jake paul or was they were in like the same hotel or something and then jake paul yeah there was like a year or so ago like jake paul and zane were in the same hotel and apparently jake really wanted to hang out with zane but zane was literally he posted the video of it. it's quite funny because he's in his like yorkshire accent like i don't want to play it's like i don't want to be mates with you all right so, <laughs> um, but yeah and basically that jake paul got a lot of stick for that which deserved in my opinion but first of all liam made a whole uh, he made like a funny dig about the whole gg yolanda situation um which was a bit unwarranted and then he proceeded to go on and say there are many reasons why i hate zane and there are many reasons why i'll always be on his side and then he said like if 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 we none of us had the upbringing that Zayn had, um, and he said about how his family was really supportive, basically implying that Zayn's family aren't supportive of his like music and that. And it's just uh-huh. a bit like, even if that is true, which we're not saying whether it is or not, like that's completely unprovoked. That's not really yours to share, and it's also just kind of like, what do you mean by upbringing? Like, what what do you mean by that? Like. Like that. Mm. I just feel like why is he on was it Jake or Logan Paul sorry it was Jake Logan Paul. Paul's podcast why is he on Logan Paul's podcast like begging for scraps like he just exactly. wants he wants attention like okay first of all who in his PR team gave the green light for him to say any of this yeah and why is he still hanging on to One Direction by a thread Except this is the and, thing, like, he's saying so much of this stuff about One Direction, try and make out like he's bigger than it, but then it's like, well, if you really believe that, you wouldn't be like... You wouldn't be here, because you don't see Harry and Zayn doing that. No, like, not even Zayn, Zayn is, like, a proper, like, loudmouth as well, like, like, I think even he, like, knows, like, he, he like, respects the others enough to, like, kind of just be like, yeah. be the, I don't know, but yeah basically lesson learned from that is don't do what liam payne is doing right now don't go like going back to the streams one like why would you why that's just such a stupid one because anyone can go on spotify or anything and check exactly i I don't understand you don't even have to like have access to any kind of 
any software anything to find out streams yeah <sighs> anyway closing the book on that one opening the book at sweden gate have you heard of this no, I, okay, I really have been under a rock. Right. So, this has been going around on Twitter. Swedengate is basically, like, it's been going viral because people have been finding out that apparently in Sweden, you know, if you go over to your mate's house, like, when you were younger and, like, playing and whatever, like, and then you'd expect, like, oh, like, they're going to give me dinner, right? Like, you'd expect... Yeah yeah apparently that doesn't happen in sweden like so basically there's all these stories online it's like yeah i went for a sleepover at my mate's house and um the next morning woke up and he his parents called him so he said okay just wait here i'll be back in a bit he didn't come back for like 10 minutes and then they went like downstairs and just found him sitting with his family eating breakfast at which point they they were then like oh well, he'll be up in a minute don't worry like didn't offer him the food or anything like what? i know i know and everyone is just going crazy over it but to be fair um so my uncle my fiance her cousins live in sweden so they obviously like know the culture so i asked them about it and they said they've never heard of it. i think they said they've heard oh. of it they've heard of it but like they've never, they've never experienced it sort of thing so more people on twitter come out and say like oh this is yeah, yeah this exactly is that's the thing like, everyone's all these like people who of unsweet um who live in sweden have come out and say yeah this is actually a thing and it's really funny because you've then got like swedish people like basically trying to defend the whole idea of it when someone else tweeted about it, which was so true it's like in any um person of colors family situation this wouldn't be a question if anything it would be the opposite you're forced to eat like oh, you're yeah. not given an option it's like eat yeah. this now shove it down your throat like yeah like it's just crazy though isn't it this is not in their culture you just don't feed other people's kids is it like a safety thing i don't, I don't know and what was what was people's what what when people were defending it what was the reasoning i haven't like properly looked into it but i think it most of it was like just very very poorly constructed arguments sort of thing but i think it was like just this in the culture sort of thing i don't know that's so wild because like you just go to sleepover and you know you're going to come back the next day starving yeah (laughs) apparently like um i saw someone said that you just know like when it's dinner time you go home like that's what happens like you just don't stay around or anything you would just yeah like you, you don't go there expecting it like when it's di- they, they were like oh yeah we knew like when it's dinner time that's when we should go home like but it's just it's just <laughs> even like regardless of like obviously like a lot of black and brown communities like it is a bit like you're literally forced to eat like you don't get the option like eat, eat the food otherwise it's seen as rude even if you're not going to go to that extreme like, it's a bit like at least offer yeah like and the fact that when this this one story of when they went downstairs and they were just like oh we'll be up in a minute this didn't even offer them then (laughs) yeah that's crazy i feel like as an adult you couldn't have a child in your house and not offer them food yeah if it's in their culture that's that's the norm to them like i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and bash that but but the way that i've experienced life that's not how it works (laughs) yeah i don't know but yeah um that this is actually really fun like you should live under a rock mortar and then they can like give you these all right but uh, the final thing i don't like knowing things anyway yeah but the final thing um which 
Um, again, you probably want to see, but just to get your general thoughts on. Um, Love Island starts on Monday. You're going to be watching. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen this. Of course, I'm excited. Have you seen any of the intro things? N- no, I have seen TikToks <laughs> reviewing the people. Uh, fair enough. Oh, we should have done that. Oh, well. Oh, let's do that. Do it. Yeah. How do you want to do it then? Like next week after the first, like, oh, like you got Oh, you're not here. Oh. Unless you want to send like a voice note on it, <laughs> like you could send a voice note on Friday or something, yeah. giving your opinions on it. Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah. But yeah, um, as as a final, sorry, go on. So, if I'm correct, the diversity in the car seems pretty good in terms. I'm not talking about like ethnicities or anything, even though that is pretty good. I'm talking about like um, body types are looking like you know not as like ripped and buff, and everyone's like yeah. I mean, days a week in the gym for Love Island, I suppose. Yeah, like yeah, it's not. I don't know. The girls seem more like a bit more like natural as well. Like maybe not so much like um, work done and stuff, which is yeah. refreshing. Yeah, I mean that's not to say there's anything wrong with getting work done, but it's kind of like no, obviously no, you kind of prefer a bit of like variety rather than everyone. That's what I'm saying. Know. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it, and it's your body. You can do what you like but shows like love island sometimes can send out a message especially to maybe like a younger audience that this is what you need to be deemed attractive enough to go on a show like love island and be seen as attractive in the public eye when that's not the case if you want to do it nothing wrong with it but you need to make that informed decision on your own with a bit more like life experience and not just because you've seen someone on tv with it yeah so having the balance of the two i think is quite nice going back to that diversity as well it is actually they've got um I, I'm not. I don't think she still is. But um, there's one female contestant. I think her name's Tasha. She was um, born deaf, and for the first five years of her life was deaf. And then she got some kind of treatment when she was five, and then now she can hear stuff. I think. Aww. But um, but that's really cool. I think she's the first deaf person to go on Love Island. So. Yeah. yeah, I think there was someone else with a disability last year. Was it Hugo? Oh yeah, his um, what's it called? Cricket injury i can't remember what it's called I, can't, I really can't remember what it was but, but yeah, yeah. And it's good that they have like more diversity there's never any asian people on love island like I'm, I'm never gonna get over like the two Asi- the two Asian people we had little miss um conservative and then we had bloody shannon who was literally shannon, who got chucked out yeah i literally i couldn't believe that i was literally like, like i thought it was a joke like surely you have to bring her back and i was just like can't win but anyway hopefully hopefully given they've had a bit of time now and i think everyone's kind of been voicing that oh love violence or rubbish this needs to change this needs to change hopefully they're taking that on board yeah i'm not even a part a part of me is excited because it's like love island i think it's more because love island is just associated with like summer vibes and it's like yeah yeah nine o'clock love island whatever but yeah. you know what i'm not even that excited like i didn't even watch it last year i watched when Castro Moore started, I watched Castro Moore, mm. and then I watched a couple of episodes after Castro Moore ended. Mm. I think that's the thing as well. It's that you oh, want sorry. to be able to keep up with the um, memes and stuff. That's why I watch it. Like I, I really relate. want, like, be able to like enjoy all of that rather than like be like, what are they talking about? You know what I mean? You just can just give me like a summary recap every week, and I'll react. <sighs> 
but then that was putting it on me to have to watch. But to be fair, I will watch you it. You have to watch it. I'll, yeah, I'll, you I will yeah. watch it. <laughs> you're saying it like you're not going to be there at nine with your water bottle. <laughs> Literally, I mean, I've got my own water bottle, my nice one without my name on. That's it. All right, well, I have to get Build you a love life. island one because Carlos on it. I mean, if you're offering, I'm not going to say no, but like, yeah. I'll take that. But, um, I do remember last time, I think it's because I was doing so much of it here at Pi Radio, though. I was like, I was so glad when it was over. Like, I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad it's done. But I do end up feeling like that afterwards because I'm like, it has such a hold on you. You know what I mean? Like, you do feel like, oh, I really want to watch it. I I never even watched Early Love Island. I started watching it when it got quite famous, like maybe season three, season four. Yeah, same. I never watched those first, first ones that people would watch. And I didn't even know who any of those people were that they were talking about. And then I only watched like the, from season three maybe onwards and then I, I remember one season i was quite into it the one with like must have been molly may must have been that that was quite dramatic so yeah yeah and then after that like it just it's whatever yeah now you know people are just in it for the for the pretty little thing and the, and the boohoo man well that is a cool thing that they've done i'm sorry we're literally like talking about that so much but they have in done um they're not doing them um, fast fashion anymore like i think they've done the deals that all the clothes are coming from ebay or something which is quite a cool thing like you know like second hand yeah like all the clothes that they're wearing on there i think are second hand like as of this year so that's really cool damn yeah so i like that yeah like it's a step in the right direction yeah, so because yeah, yeah. obviously i want to say last year was like i saw it first or something which is like crazy cheap yeah like and you just didn't know that they're getting worn and then kind of discarded i would imagine like without yeah yeah. and they're like created in mass as well yeah so i don't know that's why i mean hopefully it's gonna be people are talking about love island isn't gonna save the world from being like inclusive in terms of like diversity bodies of disabilities fast fashion or not do you know what i mean love island isn't gonna make the biggest impact ever but it is like a step in the right direction yeah like you can they can do the bare minimum i think yeah but yeah as a final thing rounding off thank you for joining me today we're going to play a music for the rest of the episode but um how you feel about next week part life you're looking forward to it yeah i'm excited my first proper festival i don't count wireless this is my first proper festival so I'm, i'm i'm excited a little nervous i don't know what to expect it's fine it just hopefully it doesn't rain like i think yeah, I've been told to bring wellies actually. Oh, I need to wear wellies. Yeah, no, de- definitely wear wellies. Like, even if it's not. Where airport is. Wait, where you actually? I, I, are you joking? Are you joking? I wasn't joking. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> like, wear wellies. I thought Air Force was really durable. I, I, I mean, I don't know about shoes, but I, would, but I would. I would say just wear wellies because the weather here is so unpredictable, and I just yeah. don't think it's worth like ruining shoes over and also like you kind of want the protection because i think even if it doesn't rain there's going to be really muddy and like air forces i feel like it will still like go in to your shoes you know what i mean okay good yeah okay i think i need to brush up on my festival knowledge yeah don't wear (laughs) well or at least wear some kind of shoes made for festivals i would say okay i got you thanks (laughs) 
have fun <laughs> right thank you Simran for joining today alright enjoy the rest of the episode enjoy the music guys thank you so much to everyone that has tuned in today this has been Mango Masala the South Asian show here on Pi Radio Manchester's number one youth radio station make sure you're following Pi Radio UK on all socials and also make sure you follow us to keep up with everything South Asian here at Pi Radio Manchester and beyond it's at Mango Masala Radio and yeah we will see you next week i can't believe it's june already like this year is actually going by so fast but yeah hope you have had a good one and see you later